Thanks for joining us for Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. Journey Living is a radio broadcast featuring the Bible teaching of Shannon Meyer, whose passion is to help women walk with God through the trials and challenges of life. Now, here's Shannon. Have you ever faced a time of great uncertainty, wishing that the very place you're standing today was not the place in which you had to stand on any given day? I know for myself that this very season in life is one I would not wish upon anyone. A time of heartache and sorrow, of sheer exhaustion and unrest, a season of worry and angst, and honestly, just an overall sense of wanting to be anywhere but here. It's a time when you want to throw up your hands and throw in the towel, a sure and sudden surrender, a time of weariness, wanting desperately to change things, but nothing changes. You're tired just from trying to change things yourself. But to no avail, nothing changes, and you are exhausted in general, and you wonder if your efforts are making any difference of any kind of good. Oftentimes when we reach this level of loss in our life, we question God about his goodness or even if he cares. We ask the dreaded and oftentimes deadened, silent question, where are you, God? You say that you will never leave me nor forsake me. So how come I feel so lonely? You say that you're a good, good father, yet nothing good comes from any of this. The heartache is crushing you and the pain often feels as though it's too much for any human being to endure. It is just too much to bear. But is it? We must remember that God is always there with us, even when the enemy says otherwise. I think there's a misconception that God will not give us more than we can bear. The verse is really that God will not tempt us beyond what we can handle, that he will always make a way out. It does not say anywhere that he will not allow us to have more placed on us than we can handle. And there's an even greater misconception that if we don't all dot our I's and cross our T's, that God would even allow such a thing. Here's a more accurate statement that we can believe. Son, daughter, I'm right here in the middle of your crisis. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you ever. Your circumstances may never change but your outlook can. Stay close to me. Hold my hand. Hang on to me. Even let me carry you. The heartache may feel like it's going to crush you, but I promise it won't. I'm here to carry the burden for you. The pain may become so heavy that you feel as though your chest is going to break open, but it won't. I will mend your broken heart. I will heal your crushed soul and I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. But the biggest question of all of us going through this place called here is, what do I do while I am here? What do I do with this hard thing? What do I do when the problem seems so big and the outcome cannot be controlled or the disaster is beyond my realm of understanding? What do I do at the end of the day while I sit on top of the heap? I think the Lord would answer us with again. I'm here. Let me hold you. Let me see your face to my face. Let me catch your tears. Let me hold your head up in my lap. Let me kneel beside your bed and know that I am with you. Have you reached that place of surrender, friend, with your circumstance today? Can you hear these very words of Jesus saying, I love you and that my love for you is so powerful that it will help you stand again? 
Yes, you will be able to keep going. And yes, you will be able to take another breath. And yes, you will be able to see clearly after you have wiped away your last tear. And yes, your heart will not always be broken. Because I'm asking you to be brave. Yes, the Lord asks us to be brave. Remember, he said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Because when you are, you will be stronger. You will be braver and you will be unstoppable. Yes, you will even become fierce again. I often think when tragedy or trauma comes our way, we find that our knees are knocking out from underneath us and we grasp at anything to simply hang on. And God wishes that we would simply let go and allow him to catch us. Now, if you've been a believer for any amount of time and have gone through something catastrophic, you probably have been faced with either doubt or lack of faith while trying to navigate through your crisis. And if the enemy hasn't put your faith on trial, maybe someone else has. Asking you, are you believing enough? Or are you praying enough? Are you confessing God's word enough for your circumstances to turn around in your favor? These are all very difficult questions for one who is already buckling under the weight of the world to even consider. I know I've asked the same of myself. None of us need to sign up to have another enemy. And sometimes we ourselves are our biggest enemy of all. Instead, we should ask questions like this. How can I get to the place where my heart believes that God, our good heavenly father is here, right here with me, the one I can count on no matter what? How do I get to the place that I know that I know that Jesus goes with me through the fiery flames? That he swims the deepest waters where in Isaiah it says that the waves will not overtake me. Or how do I know that I know that he is with me shoulder to shoulder, always holding on to my right hand, never leaving my side? Now, if you're anything like me, you want more than anything to believe that this is all too good to be true. That God's word is truly word, not some hyped up set of feelings from a great sermon. And then we feel as though when we get to our life, that it becomes null and void. The proverb says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. This is an illness, unfortunately, we all know too well. Hoping is something that I'm always doing. But when does the hope become a reality, one may ask? I know I have. I faced some of life's greatest tragedies and have finally had to sit down and ask the Lord in the darkest of hours, is all of this really true? And the answer is, yes, it is. But the difference I have found to turning my hope into reality is that I must believe that Jesus is as real as you are hearing my voice today, that he is as real as you are standing next to the person who passes you by. We have to put to rest the screaming sounds from the enemy of our soul that we cannot survive, that we cannot cope, and that we cannot recover. Those are the lies of the enemy. I can remember a not-so-distant dream where I was awakened in the wee hours of the morning by the vision of myself standing on the edge of a deep well, a cavern, so to speak. I remember it woke me up as my toes clung to the side so I wouldn't fall in. But that was not the startling part. It was all of my life was falling from the grip of my hands and watching them plummet into the darkest abyss. It shook me awake to the extent of knowing all of my life was never to be recovered again. 
But it was in that instance that I heard a very small but booming voice in my spirit. It said, I'm the God of recovery. Nothing more, nothing less. It was also in that moment that I knew God was reassuring me that whatever is lost and gone, he would recover for me. The thing is, I felt like he would. I was shaken by the loss, but not destroyed. I was not traumatized by all that was plunging into the unknown. Rather, I was comforted that God had everything in his control. The sense of my letting go of the control was something I needed to do a long time ago. Something that nearly all of us struggle with on a daily basis. I had to in some way let go and let God. See him in a new light. One that was not the God of anger or disappointment but one that was loving and compassionate. I had to ask him to give me a new picture of himself, of how he really was to me. Allow him to present a picture of protection and presence instead of distance and dissatisfaction. Do you think you could do that too? Do you think you could find truth in any of the promises that God has told you? Let's take, for instance, just the verse in Psalm 40, verse 1. This says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. That inclined means he came near to me. He knelt down by my side. Do we ever take the time to wait for God, or do we just assume he isn't coming when we don't hear from him in that exact moment our cries go out? Have you ever sat and waited to even hear God's response? It's then and only then that you will hear that certain small voice that is always speaking to us. We often don't hear from him until we quiet everything else around us that we would get a glimpse of his own voice. Please remember this. God doesn't want us to try to rally in our own strength, but wants us to fully rely on him. And that, my friend, is where nine-tenths of the battle lies. We feel as though we must figure it out. We must be the one to resolve. We must settle the score and make it all right. And God says, no, you don't because your ways are not my ways and my ways will never be your ways. When we take matters into our own hands, we desperately set ourselves up for disaster. I remember a conversation with a great friend who is a nurse in the ICU at the James Cancer Center that we probably all wish. She said, I wish I had a crystal ball, one to see the future. You see, I had been asking the tough questions, the answers that a nurse in the ICU would only have. She was as honest as she could be, and she knew what I was looking for. But unfortunately, no matter how much we know by actual experience or book knowledge or science, we will never be able to predict the future or foretell one's upcoming lifespan or circumstances. Only God can do that. No matter how much of a mistake that we may feel God has made in our life by letting something happen, we have to make the decision to either trust him and take him at his word or be left to our own devices. I don't know about you, but when I'm left to myself, I usually make a terrible mess of things. So the first is always the better option. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1 verses 8 and 9, We don't want you to be in the dark, dear friends, about how hard it was when all this came down in the Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we were on death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. 
instead of trusting in our own strength and wits to get out of it, we were forced to truly trust God. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead and he did it again, rescuing us as many times as we needed rescuing. Isn't that a fantastic set of verses? Paul writes, when they think they can't go any further, God marches in and takes over and rescues them from a certain death. What if we looked at our circumstances like that and felt like the same God could do the same for us? Friend, God sees you everywhere you hurt. But not only that, he will heal you everywhere you hurt, everywhere you bleed and ache and tire from. God is a God of loving compassion, and I know you're going through something really big right now, and you may have a hard time believing that. And this has often been a tough one for me as well. How does a good father allow so much sadness and heartache into his kids' lives? That was my ongoing question until recently. As I lay awake one evening in the hospital room next to my husband, these questions ran through my head like a baseball player running the bases and never stopping at home plate. Around and round they would go, the same thoughts in and out, back and forth. But it wasn't until I started forcibly acknowledging all the good that God was doing that I did get a great sense of just how awesome he truly is. It was the nurse who has become one of our dearest friends that would work on the same floor to which he was assigned. It was the cafe in the basement of that hospital that has our all-time favorite soup that no other restaurant has ever made, nor do we want to, unless we come there for a particular day. It's the moment in time that my daughter surprised me with a visit after we had received some not-so-good news from the doctor. That she was there to hold my hand and smile at me, simply be present when all was a loss, and I wanted to break down and cry. It was the massage that was prepaid for months ago that we had no idea that we would ever use again, but couldn't pass up the amazing deal that they were offering. But it was on this particular weekend in the hospital that my neck and shoulders could no longer take the stress that was surmounting, and I would need the release of that massage. It was in the moment in that time that I prayed, Lord, I really need to have this massage for my body, but I really need to know by 2 p.m. to cancel if I can't go. Would you please send the doctor in so we know if we're staying another night? Are we going home? Well, it was in that moment in time at 1.50 p.m. that the doctor walks into the room and says, you're staying. And I knew then I could go and be treated for my ailing body parts. It's in this moment in time, in that moment in time, that I had small and minuscule requests that would mean nothing to anyone else but to me. And they would mean the world to me. It was in those moments in time that I walked through the long corridor, jostling my luggage for yet another extended stay, that I felt the presence of the Lord walking with me, carrying the load that felt as though it would certainly break me down. All of these times were God being God. Yes, my good, good father, the one who sees it all, the one who sends the sunshine when all we have seen is rain. The good, good father who brightens the dark of night so you don't have to be afraid. He's the same good, good father who sees our broken dreams and our dashed hopes that feel as though are gone forever. And if you are anywhere in this message today, can I encourage you, friend, to do as I did? Hang on to Jesus. See those little things that he blesses you with. And I know he may be all you have left. 
I finally figured out he was all I had. And if he is, you are one of the luckiest people alive. Because it's then and only then that we know that he's all we need. He is the only one who can take away the pain permanently. He can reroute our lives like no one else can. And God can recover your here and take you there. You know, that place that you only dream of. I don't know where you are today. And your here may be the most awful place that you have ever experienced. But let me assure you this, that this is not your forever. This is simply our stepping stone to get you there. So could I encourage you not to despise your here and now? Because it's your here and now that teaches you and prepares you for your there and then. I believe we miss some of the greatest parts of our lives because we're always wishing for something different, better, easier. But it's here where God teaches us the most, where he conforms us into his image, where he does his most amazing work. It's whenever you don't understand him most is where we need to say, Lord, I know you have the plan. I trust you and I will go where you say to go and I will do what you say to do. There is something in that small gesture of surrender that we realize all the pressure is off of us and on to God. Believe me, he is more than capable of handling whatever we can't. For many of you, this may be hitting closer to home than you would really like it to be. And I know that's tough, but I'm right there with you. Could I suggest that we both together put our hands in the one that knows everything and has nothing but goodness for us and trust wholeheartedly that he will come in and rescue us, just like Paul talks about in his letters to the Corinthians. He says, just when we thought we couldn't take it anymore, it's you, Lord, who will come in and rescue us from it all. So as I close today, I want to ask you this. Would you be willing to take God at his word? Maybe you can just find one verse. Hang on to that like it's your last lifeline. I know I have. Could you sit down sometime today and have the conversation that goes something like this? Lord, I have no idea what has happened in my life or why. I do not understand the circumstances or the situation, but I know you do, and that's all that matters. Lord, I need your strength because I'm terribly weak. Lord, I need your vision as I can no longer see the way. Lord, I need your protection from myself and the enemy. I do not want to be anything that would further put my life in jeopardy. And I ask the hedge of protection that no demon in hell could penetrate through. Lord, call upon your angels to hover over me, to keep me and my family safe and protect us from any evil thing. Lord, I trust you and I love you. It's that simple, friends. There's nothing eloquent or special about these requests, but I guarantee you they are so very powerful. God will always come running when his kids cry out, but it's up to you and I to do just that. Cry out. Don't be too proud to tell God you need help. He already knows you do. Maybe he's just waiting for the invitation to come on your behalf. If there's one thing I've learned about God's character, it's this. He is an utter and complete gentleman. He will not go anywhere he is not invited into, and he will not stay where he is not welcome, and he will not trude where he has not been asked to come. All of us have a choice. What will your choice be?
Will you invite Christ to come and take over your situation? Or will you go it alone? Will you allow him to redirect your tragedy and turn it into a triumph? Or will you leave him out and fend for yourself? I hope you'll take some time for yourself and leave the end results to God. Because in the end, when we do, we win every single time. I know you're here may not be anywhere you want to be today. But can I at least encourage you to remember that this is not forever and you will be there soon. Let God do his wonderful and amazing work in your life today. You'll never be sorry you did. Thanks for listening to Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. If you would like to hear this program again or request Shannon as a speaker, visit journeyliving.org. Join us again next Thursday morning at 9 a.m. for Journey Living with Shannon Meyer, right here on Shine FM.